Starfield has landed, Visual Studio gets cut, and I hope you like Fabric. Ooh, it's a special Friday, friends. It is a very special Friday. Not only has Starfield landed, and I got to play quite a bit last night, stayed up probably a little too late. It's a holiday weekend here in the U.S., which means three days off to play more Starfield. And uh, there's a lot of good tech news happened this week. We had some more kind of inside information about what's going to be happening here, I think, in the September event for Microsoft. And let's just dive in. Hopefully you had a wonderful week. It's Friday. I'm jazzed. I'm fired up. Let's go. So, uh, kicking off the tech news here, this kind of sent some shockwaves through, but I think they're a little bit less like explosive than most people probably think. Uh, Microsoft is retiring Visual Studio for the Mac. Now, that's a pretty big deal because Visual Studio is supposed to be the de facto, the definitive cross-platform IDE. And, well, if it's not on the Mac, then what is it then? Uh, Microsoft very clearly looked at the amount of effort and cost it keeps to maintain that platform and they just said, nope, it's not really there. You can run with VS Code, which is probably where most people are going to land. Uh, JetBrains also has a solution for people who really need a fully functioned IDE with all the bells and whistles. And so, anyways, uh, that will be retired next year. So you've got a little bit of time left if you're really deep down that rabbit hole. But I'm guessing that there's probably not too many people who are on Mac using Visual Studio, like the full thing. And, uh, but either way, it's still going away. That's still, still a notable milestone, if you will. Other notable milestones. If you live in Europe, Michael, Mike, Michael, Microsoft is going to be unbundling teams from office 365. Now this is an optional thing. And so Microsoft is going to say, uh, it costs about $2 per month per user. If you want teams, like if, if you unbundle it, so that's how Microsoft derived that value. So uh, Teams will also remain available as a standalone subscription for five euros a month or $60, $60, 60 euros per year. It's really interesting because this is Microsoft bending uh, their will, if you will, uh, to the European Commission who's looking at Microsoft's practices. But at the end of the day, does Microsoft care at this point? feels like they already won Slack still exists and Slack is absolutely a thing and a lot of people use it, but it's not on the same scale as Teams. Obviously, Slack has been bought up by Salesforce. Uh, this probably would have been super helpful if this happened about the same time potentially Teams launched, but at the end of the day, that's the cost of doing business. As of right now, Microsoft has, I don't believe, been fined. That still could happen if they find out that they're anti-competitive and other things could happen. But either way, Microsoft is trying to do some first moving here uh, with that, with that un unbundling, if you will. Windows Server vNext 25941 is now available. That's not really the notable thing, uh, but it has been spotted that the branding of this looks to be Server 2025, which, if you know how Microsoft operates, likely means that this is going to ship next year. Sometime in late 2024 is typically how Microsoft has done it. They ship it the year before the number of the platform, and so it looks like Windows Server 2025 will arrive sometime next year. Microsoft has also signified that the File Explorer that we all love that Microsoft updated that has some serious performance issues uh, is going to be shipping to everybody. So if you've opened File Explorer on a recent build of Windows 11, it like sits there loading. That's coming to everybody. Yep. Um, this is an interesting one. Uh, good luck, everyone. It's not exactly performant. So... Yeah, uh, Microsoft has also removed unlimited OneDrive storage plans for businesses. I don't think this is as big of a deal as it typically sounds. First off, anything unlimited for the past decade and a half has always had like 17 asterisks. It's like unlimited within reason that we determine and can exclusively turn off at any point. But either way, it's still your your 
corporate accounts still come with one terabyte and that can still be pretty easily upgraded. And so, but you know, it makes for great headlines like Microsoft get rid of uh, OneDrive Unlimited. Yeah, they did, but I would make the argument it also kind of never really existed uh, in some regards. Uh, speaking of industry events, we have Apple complaint. Apple complains. Apple confirms their event for September twelfth. Uh, Microsoft has their event on September twenty first. Keep the term AI fabric. I think we might hear that a lot at this event. That phrase and, and that has been kind of digging up through the scruff, if you know what I mean. Looks like Snipping Tool is going to have some OCR functionality, meaning you can select text and pull it out, and they're going to start branding that under probably this AI fabric, if you will, that's going to span across all of everything Microsoft does. We've already seen fabric on the uh, on the analytics side, like the Power BI side. And so AI fabric, just, I think, I think we're going to hear a lot about AI fabric. The other interesting thing too, to, to kind of put your noodle around, is Microsoft going to lock any of this stuff behind hardware, right? We've been hearing a lot about these NPUs, these things, neural processing units or engines or whatever they are. Uh, Qualcomm has one already built into the Surface devices that are on ARM. NVIDIA, or not NVIDIA, but Intel and AMD are also working on their own integrations for upcoming chipsets. Chip and honestly, it sounds like, and it's not unplausible, that Microsoft might be like, hey, if you want to use all this stuff, you got to have an NPU. Who's going to benefit from Microsoft doing that? One, uh, Microsoft maybe, but the hardware partners, the HPs, the Intels, the AMDs, they're going to benefit bigly, big, big, big time if Microsoft artificially, in my opinion, locks this stuff behind these sort of experienced hardware components that you must have. Microsoft has already shown that they're willing to raise the bar when it comes to specs. Windows 11, right? The TPM got jacked up and uh, baseline for Intel and AMD chips went way up compared to previous versions. And Microsoft could try to do the same thing again. It's like, look, if you guys want AI and you want to be fancy dancy, you got to have one of these newfangled chips and that's just the way we're going to roll. It's not guaranteed that Microsoft is going to do that. By doing that, they're going to be limiting this to a very few number of people realistically because, hey, nobody has NPUs for that matter. I guess maybe they could sell an in like a, a card that you add to your computer. Maybe that's an option, like a dedicated NPU. But for the most part, they're likely going to be integrated into the chipsets that will be coming out with Intel 4th Gen and uh, the next generation AMD chips. And so who's buying new PCs? Well, that they'll benefit, but that number is going to be fractional compared to the overall population of Windows. And then finally, Google is having their event in early October. New Pixel hardware, probably going to see a lot of BARD there, I would imagine, right? That's where Google's going to do all that stuff. Uh, maybe some new Nest hardware, but uh, either way, Techtember, Techtober, the next six weeks or so are going to be filled. And I mean filled with announcements. You got Microsoft, Facebook, Facebook actually hasn't announced anything. <laughs> what am I saying? Apple, Google, and Microsoft dropping. Facebook usually will drop some stuff in here. Um, Amazon likely will be doing some stuff as well. We are, I would say we are uh, fast approaching the holiday shopping season. So all of these companies are going to be getting things out the door. And isn't IFA sometime around now? And so all these companies are going to be announcing things in the next six weeks to get them on the shelves and their deals known within for the next six to eight weeks following for that holiday shopping season. And I can't believe that we are already here. So on to the gaming news, my friends. So uh, kicking it off actually on the PlayStation side because PlayStation Plus subscription prices are, are going up actually quite a bit. So the Plus plan moves from $59.99 dollar dues to $79, so $20 increase. Extra plan goes from $99 dues to $134, a $35 increase. And the premium plan goes from $120 to $160. 
that those aren't cheap. Those aren't those aren't cheap. Now those are annualized costs. So keep that in mind. But that's Microsoft uh, announced, obviously, that their plans went up. That, that take place July 1st, I think. Uh, so Microsoft raised their price, and Sony's like, we don't want to miss out on that opportunity. So they raised their price as well. On the Xbox side, actually, there's a new feature coming to the Xbox dashboard that I'm quite excited about. It's actually rolling out now to insiders. Remember how Microsoft screwed up, quote-unquote screwed up, sharing of your clips, Sharing of your Xbox clips as I fight through a yaw there. It's early in the morning here. Anyways, they are remedying this situation with what I hope they would do, and they are doing. They are going to allow you now to upload it directly to OneDrive. So if you don't have a OneDrive account, I mean, you probably automatically already do if you have an Xbox account. I think that's the same as your MSA, which would actually give you a OneDrive account. Either way, sharing content and editing content from within OneDrive is way easier than trying to use the Xbox app. So I'm a big favor of this. Anyways, your Xbox clips, if you throw in frags and flying spaceships, now going directly into OneDrive. That is good. That is really, really good. Uh, Microsoft Brad Smith, Brad Smith, not me, said the Activision Blizzard de deal is now up to the regulators at this point that signaling that Microsoft feels like they have done all that they need to do to get it done. So there you go. Uh, now we just wait on the CMA pretty much at that point, And then we'll see if the EU kind of does anything. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. And so finally, my friends, Starfield has dropped. I'm spoiler free. I, I've only played 90 minutes of the game. So and like 87 minutes of that was me just doing character customization. But, however, I have played, and uh, I'm not going to spoil anything. I will say it is uh, pretty good, pretty good, right? If you read a lot of the reviews, which I'm sure many of you have, they really talk about how it's a slow start, and it is. I still think I am pretty deep into the slow start spot. Uh, the other thing, too, is the other... I'm, I'm trying to play through, like, the main quest line first, and there are a lot of side quests I've already... Like, you see things off in the distance, like, I want to go, like, there's got to be good loot in there. But then you go over there, and then it's like, you got to do seven different things. Like, a classic Bethesda RPG-style game. And anyways, you know, you, you shove all the loot in their bag and that sort of stuff. Still, like, really working through all the controls and schematics. It feels very deep and very broad. That is the, the best way to describe it right now. There are some downsides, right? You can, I can certainly feel the 30 frames per second. I don't think, once you play it for a bit, you're fine. But like that initial, if you've gone from like a 60 frames per second game to a 30 frame, you notice, you do notice. I don't think it's going to cause too many issues. I do wish the, the space flying was a little bit more uh, required, I guess, right? Like going to planets and everything else, um, it's, I was, I think we all want to be in the spaceship and fly down into the planet and have to land or crash into it or whatever. And it's all just cutscenes and animation. And so there's a couple downsides like that. The gunplay also does not, I'm mean, a big Call of Duty player, the first person shooter aspect of it, the guns don't feel, they lack character, I guess, is the best way to describe it. Uh, but either, I'd like, these are all downsides. I'm telling you that when I end this podcast, I'm going to go hang up and play more because I'm, I want to keep playing. Like, I'm very happy with the game. There's just little things, right? And every single game is going to be like that at the end of the day. So, all right. On to the questions of the week. We are going to do that. Let's do questions. Sydney 2K. Happy Friday, Brad. Happy Friday, Sydney 2K. A question about Brad Smith. We all know that Satya Nadella is the CEO of Microsoft, and he's the main man who signs off on the big plays that Microsoft does. Um... I would qualify that and say that he signs off from a, a legality perspective, right? He's the, the the legal side of the house. 
But during the Activision Blizzard King deal, Brad Smith has been very prominent in person conversation as he has been referred to as president. President of what? Uh, what is the function of the president title? So he is the logistical legal side, right? Let's talk about a, a decision to buy something like Activision Blizzard is not something Brad Smith signs off. It's not even something that CEO does. There's a senior leadership team who will certainly meet and discuss these things. Sachi Nadella has the final internal sort of sign off. And then when they need to go actually buy this they had to go to the board of directors who represents uh, microsoft's and the shareholders interests and so they had to also sign off i think if i remember correctly amy hood at one point said to uh, acquisitions or purchases over something like 500 million dollars or something like that that's when it has to get board approval and so brad smith's role on this is just navigating all the legal components which is why he's been in the press so much because right the business side is done now they're just going through all the courts the regulatory bodies and that is the area that brad smith uh runs at the end of the day mr pki dropping three questions he says a bunch of us got odd emails about onedrive photo storage changes uh can you explain what is happening in layman's terms i don't actually even know this is news to me i did not i store a ton of photos in onedrive i wonder if it's because i'm paying for microsoft 365 and i have more storage i do not i did not get one of these mr pki so i do not know uh his second question is 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 when Office 365 AI Copilot comes out, do you think they will offer Office 365 home users as well, or will it be for enterprise licenses only? I suspect that they are going to try to lock most of the heavy hitting features to the enterprise. First off, uh, they're expensive queries at the end of the day. And two, these are when you get into this aspect of your personalized AI, like that kind of stuff, that has less broad appeal to everybody else. So Microsoft would have to have your information and your ability siloed, and you are certainly going to have to pay for something like that, which is why I don't know if Microsoft will charge a lot. If they do, I could see them maybe bundling it, but maybe they'll have to raise the price at the end of the day to do something like that. And his last question, he says, did you get an invite to the big event on September 21st? Or are you no longer an insider since you know, since you work for a vendor or partner? Uh, I did not get an official invite. This is the first time in a long time. However, I have already talked with Microsoft about the event and things going on. So there's an event happening in September. This will be the first Surface in-person event, I think, since the Surface RT2. That was the second Surface event ever that uh, I will not be at, which is, uh, you know, I think I'm okay with that because, right, it's easy, easy to sit here and say, rationalize and justify why you're not going one of the things you used to love to go to. Well, first off, the Surface brand has changed, and this event, I suspect, is more than more than just a Surface event. I think this AI, this AI fabric stuff is really going to be the focus, and the Surface hardware is going to be like, here's some great little refreshes. We're just newer chips, and they do great things. Uh, but I'm not expecting anything to like blow us out of the water when it comes to Surface hardware side at the end of the day. And Francisco C. with a question says, Happy Friday. Happy Friday, Francisco. How do you feel about the competition of subscri subscription models now that Sony was forced to raise their pricing to a staggering amount to compensate for the loss in total members? It feels like a inside gaming bubble and more everyone is on the edge with media and video and streaming prices now on par. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I follow where you're headed with this. First off, streaming and subscription prices have gone way up. It doesn't matter if you've got Disney, Netflix, uh, what Spotify. They're all raising prices. Microsoft is doing it with Game Pass. And Sony's like, screw it. We're going to do it too. And so it, it sucks. I, I think the, the model is it sucks is um, <laughs> because it's getting expensive to do things we like to do. And it's frustrating because these companies have taken the model of get them in for cheap. Get them used to it. Get them the drip feed right of, of 
I mean, think about how cheap Disney was when it first launched. It was like a dollar a month or something like that. And now it's gone way up. And I suspect that we're seeing, uh, right, Microsoft, all these companies are seeing prices to get content is not getting cheaper. The cost to build Starfield is not going down. The cost to build the next version of Call of Duty is not going down. Everybody wants raises. Prices are going up. And that's just it. Like, that's where the value... The value proposition every time it is raised gets eroded just a little bit further, right? So imagine imagine that Game Pass was $300 a year or $30 a month. Just imagine it was $30 a month. You could buy a lot of games for that kind of money. So just kind of keep that in mind. Oh, uh, Rafik says, Hi, Brad. Sony is launching the PlayStation Portal without Bluetooth and can only be connected to the newest PlayStation headset via the PlayStation Link technology, a move that Apple doesn't even do. If you do, do you think this is very anti-consumer and should regulators intervene? I don't know if... I, I, I always get a little hesitant to say regulators should intervene because, first off, this device is likely being subsidized in some capacity by people purchasing a PlayStation, right? Um... I don't think it's anti-consumer at this point. I, that would be tough to say because it's a very niche product. Consumer or consoles don't like specifically like a PlayStation. The best-selling version of the PlayStation still is in dwarfed comparison to the number of iPhones that get sold every single, honestly, quarter, right? Uh, yeah, there's like 40 million iPhones sold every quarter. So you 160 million iPhones a year versus roughly like 40 million PlayStation 5s have been sold in total. And so the market's just so much smaller. I don't know if they could call it anti-competitive. I mean, they could add Bluetooth, but the problem would be then they've got to add a whole bunch of different functionality, which like, what else are you going to do on this thing? Um, so a second, what do you think of IGN and GameSpot's review of Starfield where they gave it a seven out of 10? Considering I haven't played the full game yet, I can't, it's hard to say like, is that justified? I mean, they did seven out of 10, Back at back in my day, seven out of ten was actually a decent score. Now it's like if it's not an eight uh, at minimum or nine, um, then it's considered a bad score. However, we I don't know what. Let me I gotta finish the game. I, I gotta I gotta play all the way through. So and then I'll have a better justification on the score. Geeks with with kids said since you said you've been trying early release of Starfield Thursday night. I have. I was wondering what your first impressions of the game are, and have you played other Bethesda RPGs? I have absolutely played uh, Skyrim, um, right? Because hey, I, well, to me, I don't I don't want to spoil anything because there's there's a lot of very obvious like cross references sort of breaking that third or fourth dimension wall or whatever it's called between Starfield and recalling previous uh, Bethesda titles. I don't want to ruin any of them. There's some out there that have leaked already. Obviously things do, um, but I'm enjoying it. Like, like as I noted earlier, I'm not making it up. I, I will go up, edit this podcast, and then I will likely play for another hour or two before work starts. So I'm recording this very early on a uh, Friday morning, Friday morning, probably before the sun is up for most of you. So there you go, my friends. That wraps it up for the week. I am super excited about Starfield, what's ahead for this week, and I'm really interested to see where this AI fabric goes from Microsoft. That is what you need to be watching. Uh, service hardware, yeah, it's great or whatever, but as Microsoft continues to ship these ups, upsider, insider builds, be on the lookout for phrases like AI fabric kind of leaking out because I think that is going to be a theme and a theme should always be as we wrap this up the only bs on this podcast is me <laughs>